Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Closing the Wealth Gap. I'm your host, Tyrone French. Hey, you, what we'd like for you to do is go to closingthewealthgap.net. We want you to follow this podcast. Uh, it doesn't take a, a whole lot of time. It'll only take about a minute. Just hit that follow button. If you like this content, uh, leave us a comment. You can shoot us an email at tyronefrench.com. But what I also what I'd really like for you to do is check out our platform to get a lot of information because again august is black business month okay so we want to load you up with as much content and what's information as we can go to closing the wealth gap dot coach if that's too long to, to to type into your browser just go to tyronefrench.coach go to that website pull up all that free content Paul, I tell you what, I'm, I'm talking a little bit fast because I'm trying to get to our guests. I don't want to lollygag this morning. But, um, man, um, this woman that, that we're going to bring in today, Ms. Colette Williams, she's basically been in this this, this space for about nine years. Uh, she has the Intentional Black Radio Network. And, Paul, I tell you, I think you're going to be impressed with this one, buddy. Well, I'm already impressed that there's an intentional radio network. What a great idea. Let's not just do random conversation. Let's do intentional. Make it intentionally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good today. You know, it, the, the sun's shining. As you said, I woke up this morning. That's half the battle when you get to be my age. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I won that already here. And I am intentionally going to listen. I, I, I'm I'm always curious when people use that term. You use that term a lot. Yes. We don't just randomly live our lives. We don't just sporadically do things. No. There's an intention behind it. If, if for me, that's the only way to live as far as, you know, some people can say, say purpose-driven. Uh, you can say intentional. You can say focused. Uh, whatever term floats your boat, but you have to be on point. You have to stay in your lane and know exactly what you're doing. Because if you don't, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to pop up in your in your atmosphere that's going to tell you they have a better way of doing it. They got a better they got a better a better idea, a better mousetrap. And if you fall into that, you could end up veering off off course. But the thing is, it could take you years to get back on course. So we need to be intentional based on our own purpose and cuz we only got a, a finite amount of time here. And if you get to the point where you're 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 wasting five, 10, 15 years of those of those valuable, precious moments, uh, you can't get those back. So this this show is closing the wealth gap, and we want people to to, to understand as far as how wealth wor- works, how to create wealth. But another variable of that is time, and so we need to make sure that even the people that we're spending time with are quality individuals that can add to our lives that can bring out the best in us not not the worst but the best and we try to bring guests on this show that again it's going to bring out this first of all they're going to make you think you know and they're going to show you a different perspective that maybe you didn't see things quite that way that, that can help you alter your ideas alter your reality so that now you're cutting that learning curve if that makes sense 
It makes sense to me. You got a great guest. Let's bring her in. So, uh, Paulette, are you there? I am. I am, and thank you for having me. It's a great conversation already. Well, thank you for being here. So, tell our audience a little about a little bit about yourself. I know everything about you, but I, I need. I want them to hear from the <laughs> horse's mouth. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did I'm not. I'm not sure what to say. I, I don't know. I don't like talking about myself. Well, and how did you get started in podcasting? Because you've been doing actually, this over nine years. So what was what was the what was the intent on you well, doing the podcast? Well, we actually started with Black Talk Radio Network. Okay. And we had we started at the kitchen table. We started with an idea, and we started with just messing around. And I did not want to be on camera. Don't like the way I look. So I did not want to be on camera, and I just said, let's see what we can do. And my brother and I just decided we're going to try something. I came back to California. He called me as I was on my way into school, working at Crenshaw High School. Wow. And he said, I found Shout it. out to Crenshaw High School. Shout out to <laughs> Crenshaw High School. And he says, I know how we can do radio, Black Talk Radio Network. So we started on Black Talk Radio Network, and soon thereafter... Our producer said, why are you doing this here? Do this on your own. And he convinced us that we could do it on our own. We came up with a name. And I always said that we cannot have something that is not uh, meaningful, that people won't connect with. Right. And we came right. up with Intentional Talk Radio Network because we wanted to be intentional yes. with what we were doing, yes. what we are doing, what yes. we continue to do. It but had to be... Uh-huh. I, I I love the name, but what I want to get to is the why. What was the why? What was what was the purpose behind it? The purpose is simply that. It's purposeful. It's mm. with purpose, it's with intention, it's with a great deal of focus. We know what's going on in the community. We know that there is a lot to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. We know that if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. We right. have to take it upon ourselves to step out there, right. to do what needs to be done. We can't wait for someone to do it for us. We've been waiting entirely too long. You know, I, I, I can relate to you with what you just said, because even with closing the wealth gap, as far as the inception, um, there was a little trepidation. It was like, you know, am I the right person to do this? Uh, you know, why me? Why should I do this? There's so many other people that are probably more qualified uh, with more experience to do this. But uh, why me? Why? Why now? And the thing is, I saw a need. I, I saw a need. I had the um, I had the wherewithal. I had the intent. I had the means. Everything had lined up. So when I started doing my pros and cons, uh, there were more pros to two cons. And so then I realized the only thing that was stopping me was was myself was fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go ahead and, and start this uh, this this journey. And it's been it's been what, like four years now, Paul, five years. And I, you know, I enjoy every moment of it. And I and I just for me, it goes back to legacy. It goes back to uh, generational wealth. You know, I want to reach as many people as I can uh, during the limited time that I have. Right. to educate people on generational wealth. Yeah, so, and if we, if we don't start now, and I'm one that will not say in our community, in the black community, 
we lack leadership. That is not something that I subscribe to. I believe any and everybody, as long as God gives you breath in your body, you can be a leader. Absolutely. You can lead, You can be a leader. Absolutely. Why do you have to wait for somebody to tell you what to do? We're constantly saying we lack leadership. Wake up, everybody. Come on. If you have breath in your body and a shred of sense and a shred of dignity, intellect, get with it. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? If you're waiting for something to happen, you're going to always be waiting. But it, it goes back to the conditioning, though. Sometimes people, they need that it's validation. Conditioning. It's conditioning. It's and conditioning. they need the validation. They need the they need somebody to say, OK, well, you know, I, I not only do I agree with what you're doing, but I can literally kind of like get behind you. I, I and I, I I know that I know that's hard to hear, but to be. To be self-assured, to be autonomous, to be self-governing, that takes a lot of development. You know, that takes a, that takes a lot of confidence, takes a lot of insurance, uh, reassurance in yourself that, you know, it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. Uh, if I see some trash on the ground, I'm not going to wait for the street sweeper in my neighborhood to pick to come and pick it up. I'm going to pick it up because there's a need for it. You know, if I see that... You know, one of my neighbors, uh, they, they have a need. I, I don't have to wait for somebody to tell me to do that. It's like it's just it goes back to human uh, just basic caring about one another and being my brother's keeper. Now, it's, we it, this this month is is it's August and it's Black Business Month. Um, I had forgotten all about it. You reminded me of that. But this is a perfect segue as far as what we like to talk about today, as far as, you know, um, you know, interjecting financial literacy into the black community and why has it taken so long um, to establish that that intellect, that 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 intent of being or creating wealth, not just having a job or a high paying job, because, again, I got a lot of clients that have high paying jobs. Um, they have mortgages, they have cars, but none of that is wealth. None of that. You can't pass down your high paying job to the next generation. And a lot of times the, the home that you have, uh, it has a mortgage on it. So you stop paying that mortgage payment and you'll find out who really owns your home, even though you call yourself a homeowner. Uh, a lot of times, again, people, they, they have these cars, nice cars, but they're leasing these cars. So my thing is to is to help people to get to a, a scenario to where it's not only are they focused on their life as far as a balance sheet. You're not just focused on your your liability column. You're focused on your asset column. So, in your in your estimation, what is it? What do you think that's lacking um, in the black community as far as being able to acquire wealth and understand that it has to be generational? Well, if you go back to the beginning, I believe PTSD is huge in the black community hmm. PTSD yes okay and folks may say what is PTSD post-traumatic slavery disorder or syndrome mm. now I was going to say post-traumatic stress disorder but you said that's, yes. a, that's a twist post-traumatic slavery 
disorder. We have not in black community, in the black community and in other communities, but specifically in the black community, we're lacking connectivity. We're lacking the, the I won't say it's, it's ambition, but that connectivity, we're lacking that. And if you look at other communities across the country and in other parts of the world, connectivity is what keeps them strong. That's what builds a foundation. Wow. And we lack that connectivity for one, two, three dozen reasons. It begins with that post-slavery syndrome. Wow. Because it's there. We've got an orientation that is undeniable. It is undeniable. In parts of Southern California, you've got people who don't even know what time of day it is. Mm. They'll swear today is Friday. Yeah, today's Friday, but tell me about today. Today may be Friday, but tell me about today. They cannot do it. How are you spending your Friday? How are you spending your today? What are you doing in your now? What does that mean? for you today in 23. Yes. Don't tell me that the struggle is real because here it is 23 and we're still talking about the struggle. We're still giving it, bringing it to reality. Why? But you made a, you made a great point when you, when you talked about the connectivity and just like with me, my, my, I know people that know me, I was in the army, I served in the Navy, but I served as, as an avionic technician. And you can have all the components in place, but if the wire, if there's a break in the wire, it's not going to work. There's no kind right. right. This, so it's not, it's not connected. So when you're dealing with a network, you have to be connected in order for yes. it to be a network. Yes. And in our yes. community, we're disconnected. We're so disconnected, but, and we find validation in being disconnected. Well, I should say we because have been. Because it's a new day now. It's a new day now. It's a new day. But do you know how many people are still asleep? Do you know how many people are still sleeping? They're walking, talking, living, and existing. I know. And they're asleep. And they are asleep. Talk to them. Or just drive down the street. And you'll see how many are still asleep. You know, I grew up in uh, South Central L.A. I, I think you uh, you grew up in Pasadena, you know, in, in L.A. And I could tell you, I, I remember the day when I woke up. You know, it, it took me leaving my environment to come back and to just to see it and to think that at one point that was the norm for me. And I was OK with that and I was comfortable. And I had to realize that, you know what, um, for me and the direction that I'm going, this is not OK. This yeah. is, especially when you have the ability yeah. uh, to live beyond certain certain ideas or suggestions that were given to you. Uh, I had to realize that my a lot of my existence was a lie. I believe what somebody else said about me. And remember, there's orientation. Yes. And if, if kids are, are in an orientation that says you don't have to be any better, you don't have to go anywhere, you can stay right here, you can do what you do because it's your lane and your name is Burger King. You stay right here. You do what you do. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. And that's what they see. And I say to people all the time, 
spend a day at a school, not a week, Mm. not two days, one day, just one day at a school, maybe four hours. It's a, a live, rude awakening. That's what's in the community. And if it doesn't change at the education level, it ain't gonna change. Because at some point, those same folks who are at that school, specifically the students, they go home. And it's no telling what they go home to. Now, right. my my grandparents lived in Watts until they decided to close their eyes. They lived in Watts. Watts was what we thought second home, great place to be, had a good time in Watts. We could walk around the corner, walk down the street, walk across the street to the school. I wouldn't walk to the corner today. Mm. I would not walk to the corner. My family is still up in Altadena, Pasadena. When I got back here from Dallas in 209, that's when I saw the real deal. Right. Pasadena has now become North, South, Central. It's just simply North, South, Central. And South Central is the dark side of the bottom. And again, I go back to orientation. And why would anybody want to change it? And you said, why wait for somebody to pick up the trash? Are you kidding me? There's so much trash and garbage. Right. It'll take you six months to clean it up. And to here in South Central, you drive down the street, the car in front of you, somebody's throwing bad stuff out the window. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to ownership as well, because a lot of times, you know, why should you care about it if you don't own it? It's like a rental car. Some people buy rental cars and they they just they trash the rental car and they drive it all kind of yeah. ways that they yeah. ordinarily wouldn't drive their own car. But it's a rental car. When I was growing up in, in L.A., again, uh, my parents, they bought their home back in 1972. And I could see the pride in my mother and my father, you know, because they, you know, they they sacrificed. My dad had four kids uh, and my mother was a substitute teacher. Uh, in uh, LA Unified School District, and he worked for Wonder Bread for years. Mm. But they, you know, they scrimped, they saved, they did the things that they needed to do, and they they bought their home. And on our block, uh, you know, it was nice. It was a nicely manicured block. But I can tell you, uh, when we moved into the neighborhood, uh, there were a lot of white people in the neighborhood, and it was a it was it was it was it was diverse. But slowly but surely, uh, the, you know, the white flight began and then other people started moving into the neighborhood. And again, I could tell you and I can go back over to my mother's neighborhood and I could just tell you from from a, a 40 year perspective, it's not the same. And so the thing yeah. is, it's not. But the neighborhood didn't change. The, the neighborhood didn't change. It was the people in that mindset that came into the neighborhood and thought it was OK to write on the wall. They thought it was okay to trash the neighborhood. And again, I'm not I'm not I'm not condemning the entire neighborhood cuz there's some good people in South Central LA. There's a lot of good people. There's just only a small percentage of people in uh in Watts in in South Central LA that's causing a lot of problems. But it's that small percentage that sticks out. And it's that small percentage that the need, that the media will pick up on and that information now is not just uh, local and it's not just national; it's global. Oh yeah, 
it's global. And as I mentioned, I also work for LA Unified. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even supposed to say that, but my point to that is the district has lost a large number of students. The decline in student enrollment is just incredible. Gone yes. from just over a million students down to 400 and some students today. It might be 400,000. It might be 425. So what happened? Where did they go to? Where, where did they, they go? They went to charter schools. Okay. They went to the east. They went to Arizona. They went to Colorado. They went to Texas. They okay. went to Louisiana. They went to Atlanta, D.C. They got out of California. They got out of California. Not only is it too expensive to live here, but why are you paying? Why would people pay 15 times here what they could pay someplace else? Right. And it could right. be they could be in a better environment. Their kids could get a quality education. They could get what they want. They don't have to live on top of each other. They don't have to live with people who are unhoused. Right. Because living on the street here is a way of life. Living on the street in LA is a way of life. And Karen Bass was in uh, I believe it was Houston earlier this week or no last week. Are you talking about the mayor of L.A., right? Yes. Yes. The mayor's uh, conference. Yes. And she said that uh, there were something like 40,000 homeless people in L.A. She lied. That is a bold-faced lie. Because also in the last, within the last month, it was reported that her fight to change that has increased to 75,000 homeless people. They need to start telling the truth. They need to tell the truth. It's not 75,000. It definitely is not 40,000. You're looking at over 100,000 people. They're not telling you about what's in the in the in the wash. They're not telling you about what's in the nooks and crannies and under uh, the freeways in areas that you can't see. They don't tell you about yeah, what's the, happening. the underpass, the overpass. They don't tell yes. you about all of the areas where the homeless people, because the homeless people are alongside every freeway. Yes. Every single freeway. And they do these photo ops where the mayor goes out and she shows you that she's moving people out. They're not moving into stable housing. There is a unit on uh, Imperial Highway and the 110. Yes. They've been constructing these trailers for going on two years. And all they are is trailers that they no longer use on big rigs. They've transformed them into apartments. Right. So they've they've stacked three high and they may be there may be twenty of them. And they turn these trailers into living quarters. Right. They've been working on them for two years. Why does it take so long? You've already got the walls. All you're doing is putting in some some wiring, some plumbing, and some windows and a door. You know, I have a um, I have a friend that I grew up with. I went to uh, Gompers Junior High in mm-hmm. L.A. and uh, Lock High School. And I'm gonna give a shout out to Daryl Hollingquest. He actually owns this uh, container company. And because and even with the uh, with the politics and you can't even call them containers anymore. They call them modules. 
Yeah, and because so, they want to use them for houses. Yes, because yes. Because they're using them for houses. Exactly. Yeah. So I know exactly the project that you're talking about. And, and my friend Dale Hollenquist was the same way as far as, but it's political and it goes back to it's money. It's all political. Yes. And I'll say it now, and I hope everybody hears me, all the billions of dollars that have come into Los Angeles to eradicate this situation for years. The current mayor is not the first person that has said they were going to tackle that. Why is it none of her predecessors have been able to tackle it and eradicate it? Believe what I say, it's because it's not intended to. The design is that it not go away because all of the money that comes from the feds, the state, donations, contributions, corporations, all the money that they put into it and they can't fix this, the design is that they don't fix it. Well, they I... don't fix it because not fixing it keeps others in jobs. So it's more important to keep them in jobs than to give others housing and maybe a job. No. They gotta keep yeah. those folks in jobs. Yeah, that that and that's the that's the bigger picture. Yes, it is. You know, it's like, you know, people talk about uh, funds that are allocated, allocated for certain projects. Even when you're talking about uh, military spending and the military budget, uh, people tend to they don't realize that this money is going to a lot of contractors. And so it's the same thing when you talk about the, uh, the project that's going on over there. Th those are contractors. And so not only do you have, you know, it's to the contractor benefit to have cost runovers, to, to let it, you know, to let to extend the period of time based on uh, a, a development. I can tell you just even driving down the 91 freeway, um, as, as long as I've been driving, there's been some type of works program on a 91 freeway. Yes. You know, it never it's, ends, but the money, yeah, but the money continues to flow. The design and the purpose, right. the money continues to flow. They're not out of money. They are very strategic about where the money goes. Yeah, and who gets and it? it's not going to go to places to people to fix things. That ain't the design. That's not what it's for. Yeah. Money goes to keep others in place. Not those folks. You know, because I, that's a waste of money. Yeah, I wrote a book called Closing the Wealth Gap. And in, in that book, I literally say, you know, in a new economy, well, basically the new economy is called a yo-yo economy. What that means is that you're on your own. So what what is what are some of the solutions? What can we do to combat or to become self-sufficient? as far as not depending on a lot of government assistance. Cause like you said, you know, a lot of it, you know, when we talk about even uh, trickle down, uh, trickle down economics, uh, it was still great for the top, but it never trickled down to the people that actually needs it the most. So what are some of the solutions? What can we do to combat uh, some of these societal ills that people just don't, politicians just don't have the will uh, to correct. So, it's not, I don't think that they don't have the will to, to correct. I think that in politics, that's not the idea. That's not the design. The design, the, the design is that it's, it's a revolving door. It's a, it's a circle and a cycle. It's not to fix anything. Name one thing that gets fixed. Name one thing. Well, I can tell you this, even with, uh, even with crime, I mean, if there's no crime, you don't need a police department. If there's no crime, Listen, you don't need, you know, crime, you don't need prisons. You know what? In on TV news, if it bleeds, it leads. Right. Okay. So that's the idea. If it bleeds, it leads. Yes. So don't fix anything. Okay. How can you 
we had someone, I had someone on the show that talked about, uh, it was during Black Music Month, and the discussion was about how hip-hop got started, how rap got started, and the idea with rap is that the, I guess, the producer and the owner of the label said, this is how we want you to spin that. This is how we want you to say that. Right. Don't say it this way. That's too clean. Right. Say it this way because that'll get people riled up. And one of the things that I learned or that we learned back in the 60s and 70s was that there was there's propaganda. And as long as you right. can propagandize the right. information, as long as you can uh, give it uh, salacious intent, right. people are going to run to it. That's what they gravitate to. People gravitate to... Well, Let's people, people, what it is. Pe- people gravitate to mess. Yeah, people need something to point at. They need a boogeyman. People, they, they need a boogeyman. People yes. need to see a boogeyman. Okay, remember the movie Poltergeist, and I forgot the name of Ex- The Exorcist, and Training Day, and all those. Those are the movies that got Academy Awards. Those were right. the worst movies, but they got Academy Awards. We still today cannot figure out how Denzel Washington got an Academy Award for Training Day, and not for Glory, yeah, not for Glory, not for Malcolm X, right? Not for any of the great, great movies, but he got a Academy Award for Training Day because it was the dirtiest, because it was a low life, dirty movie. Halle Berry got a a an Academy Award. For Monsters Ball. It was a low life movie. She got an award for Monsters Ball. The worse it is, the best it is for them. Because we don't need depiction of what's great about us. We need depiction about what's wrong with us because that's what motivates us. Right. Look at reality TV. Look at the low life housewives. Look at the love and marriage series. Look at those nonsensical programs. I I watch them. And I know they're nonsensical. I watch them and they make my blood boil. But I not only have watched them and they make my blood boil, I've also responded to Carlos King, who is the executive producer of some of the worst shows. These people buy into that because they think, they thought it's going to make them a star. They will never, ever be a star. They will never be a star. So when they get canceled, they go home because it's not about how great they are or how talented they are. It's about the mess that they bring to the masses. You know, and you asked it. I tell you what, we, we got about maybe about five or 10 minutes more. Um, but it, it to me, what it does, it, and it's by design, it creates a certain narrative. By design. It creates a narrative. And once you buy into that narrative, then all of a sudden you begin to, because the mind will conform based on those suggestions. And so you'll begin to, 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 to speak, you'll begin to dress, you'll begin to act, you'll begin to, appray, uh, to portray or play a certain role. And you know that that's not you. That's, that becomes the orientation. And remember, we've got subliminal not only advertising, but we've got subliminal features, propaganda. Because remember, you've got to think about all of the things that are in the black community, 
Think about the things that people from the black community are ingesting. And, right. and if you ingest nothing but toxic anything, that's all you're going to have inside. That's all you're going to work with, those toxins. So there's nothing else there to work with. And you asked about the solutions and what people can do. Stop waiting. Stop waiting and stop thinking that you have to wait for somebody to tell you what to do. Look in the mirror. Amen. Look in the mirror and tell that person that you see in the mirror that it's time to get up and it's time to move and stop waiting on someone to do it for you. Stop waiting on that proverbial permission. Stop waiting for somebody to tell you to take a step. We all have to be responsible. Everybody must be responsible. And nobody wants to be held accountable. Nobody can't be held accountable. And if we had more time, I can give you some tragic examples of nobody being responsible. And I'm talking about today. Yeah, I, I can tell you this, though. And this, this just comes from the bottom of my heart. I, I do believe that everybody has that seed of, of greatness. I believe that everybody has that million dollar idea that's that's inside of them. I, I, I've been around so many people or a lot of people that that will uh, they'll see an idea and they'll say, oh, well, you know what? I thought about that years ago and all of a sudden but I didn't act on it. I, I like how you said as far as stop asking Stop waiting or stop, uh, you know, as far as asking for permission uh, to act. But it, to me, all this conditioning, all this programming has caused a lot of fear. Yes. And I just think that once you get past that fear, even even the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I think with that soundness of mind and being intentional, then you can begin to see certain things and see certain patterns and you don't have to live uh, in the mire. You don't have to live beyond or below what you think uh, should be a great life. And I'm not saying that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying that you're not going to have struggles and challenges. You will. That's a part of the journey. But you feel so much better at the end of the day, knowing that you accomplished what it is that you set out to accomplish or that you're one step closer to making that dream a reality. And as I mentioned earlier, I still work for LA Unified. Mm -hmm. There have been so many times where I've had students in my class that have never left the block they live on. Never. Yeah. They don't foresee ever leaving the block they live on. Yeah, I've had students who have said to me, no men in our complex, no men in my apartment. We have 14, 14 apartments there. Right. And nobody has a father. And she said, daddy, nobody's got a daddy. She said, there are men that have come around, but they're not daddies. They don't stay. Right. I've had kids that say that respect, respect that one value that character trait, they get it because their father went to prison, the uncle went to prison, right. and he wants the same kind of respect that they get in prison because they both got life sentences. So yeah. he doesn't understand respect outside of prison. You know, and again, I, 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 I'm, 
you know, we, we, we're short on time, but it, I, this got to something I got to, I, I need to interject because you said something that was so powerful uh, in the hood, in the neighborhood. A lot of times we would literally have parties and get togethers, get togethers and gatherings for people that got out of jail. Yes. But the, for the person that graduated from college, yes, we didn't do the same thing. No. And I, I, what I'm saying is that that's a part of the conditioning is a part of the mindset that we, 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 and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. Because getting out of jail is a big thing. Ain't nobody going to college. Ain't nobody ain't going to do that. Ain't nobody in this family ever go to college. Uh, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Yeah, but but Dede and uh, 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 Daquan, they coming home. We got to get them some meat. We're going to get in what they don't get in while they in the pen. And the reason I bring it up, because it's true. It, you know, it, it's true. Yeah. You know, but but again, I'm going to end up, I got to bring you back on this show because again, <laughs> we, we just, you know, we ran out of time. We can go, you know, but let me, how can people get in touch with you? Colette, how can they how can they get in touch with you as far as an email or your website? Give us that information. Okay, well the website is itrnradio.com. That's itrnradio.com. And email at your character ed at AOL. That's your character E D at AOL. And also Change Matters 99 at Gmail. That's Change Matters 99 at gmail and remember our shows are sunday through thursday every week we've got a show on and black women speak is every wednesday at 5 p.m okay and yes thank Outst- you so much for having outstanding me. hey you know what uh, call it hold on a second paul i'm gonna bring you in uh i saw that you've been sitting back there and you've been just i saw your hand a couple of times waving like ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 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 but Give me your opinion and just interject uh, your thoughts. I hear what she's saying, and I'm trying to take it all in because it's a dark vision. And right. and the problem is, does it depress people? And then they say, well, then why bother? The system's rigged against me. Right. Uh, I, I can't win. And does that make people give up even more? Or does it make people wake up and say, it's up to me to do this. I see this right. in lots of communities. I mean, yes. I think this is a this isn't just a problem in the black community. I could I could go down the list of other communities. I came from, you know, the Midwest that still thinks Trump is the savior because they've watched their little small towns disappear and the factories pack up and go to China, and nobody's going to college and they're all doing fentanyl because they're hopeless and everything here. These small towns that, that used to be the backbone of the Midwest are shriveling up and drying away. I have relatives that still live in a bunch of those towns. And they've turned to a savior, not to themselves. They've turned to somebody else who's going to save them. Right. It, it, there's nothing I can do. It's all rigged against me. And so I think I, I think that's, that's something. I, I, the question I had for Colette, and I'll throw this out to both of you, is one of the things that impresses me about your show, Tyrone, is this idea that wealth is not an extraordinary thing. It should be ordinary. It is. It's ordinary. It, or, or, there should be something called ordinary wealth. And that seems like a contradiction term. Wealth isn't ordinary for most of us. It's only for the lucky. It's for the few. It's for the chosen. It's for the 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 ones who were born with the silver spoon or the right connections or in the right place. Or maybe the smart or the ones, maybe there's something magic. But it's not for me. 
And and I think if you and that's buy, a false narrative. If you buy into that notion, right? And I think that many communities, not just of color, but of across the country, are buying into this notion. Nothing I can do. The promised land is not for me. Mm. And can I comment? Yeah. Sure. And that goes back to the orientation. And as you said, wealth. But remember, this community has generations and generations and generations of lack and no wealth and no hope and no drive. And yes. remember, there are people who never leave the block they live on, whose families have always been at the poverty level because the orientation is that it will not get any better. Right. The wealth yeah. is for a select few, and that ain't the few. And it ain't me. Yeah. And it ain't me. I ain't, you know, part, of, I ain't part of the few, so why yeah. would I even think that? And, and remember, there are people who think that their lives revolve around EBT. I didn't know what EBT was until a few years ago. Mm, yeah. Their lives revolve around EBT. Their lives revolve around their county checks. Their lives revolve around government checks. There are banks in the hood, in South Central, who so, only bank, who only, their only customers, not their clients, but their customers are people who exchange government checks. Right. There's a bank on Central and 103rd. It's called Bank of America. Well, and, and, and in Hispanic communities, it's because they, they can't get a checking right. account, so they just go to check cashing. Yes. And they, they yes. give a third of it away that's just because right. they don't open it. But I, I guess I, I'm going to relate it to another group that I, I, don't, I didn't grow up in the area, obviously, that you grew up in. So I, I can't – I have to listen. You're there. I'm understanding. I'm trying to take it in, a world that I never see. I skirt around those areas. I don't drive through South Central L.A. I don't think I've ever been in South Central L.A., um, and so what do I know what really goes on there? I know that there's a glorified gangster culture that's, that's arisen, the hip-hop world and the Bloods and the Crips and all this stuff that's spread to fashion, that's spread to music, that people seem to want to emulate for some reason. But, um, and I don't know if that's where that comes from, but here's my question. I, I say it to the same people I know in the Midwest. I have lots of relatives who live in little towns in the Midwest that were once wonderful places to live that now are ghost towns. You drive through downtown and there's no business there. Walmart came in and wiped all, all of the little businesses in town. The factory in town packed up and moved away. The farm uh, is mechanized and nobody works on the farm anymore here. There are no jobs in these areas. High unemployment, high drug use, these small you know, white communities that, are, that I am familiar with. And I say to them the hard question that they don't want to hear. If there's nothing here, then why do why you stay? stay? Why do you stay? Right. And they say, but we've been on this land for generations. This right. is where we were born. This is where my family and my friends are. You can leave. Like, And you know what they say in, in the other community, in black communities? They say, where am I going to go? Yeah. yeah. Where am I going to go? Yeah. I ain't going nowhere. I, this is all I know. I ain't going nowhere. I was born here. And I'm going to die here. That's what they say. Right. I, where am I going to go? So how do you Who's break that mentality? Because Tyrone said this is a harsh thing for me to say, but Tyrone said this, and, I, and I, I took this to heart. He used the analogy of training an elephant, big, powerful animal. You put, a, you put a chain on the elephant long enough, 
you don't have to put the chain on anymore. The elephant walks around willingly taking the commands, I willingly staying yes. within yes. the but that's boundaries. The mi- for me, but that's the mindset. It's the mindset. Because, because in the beginning, it was, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't normal. And so you tried to break away, but you couldn't. But after a period of time, it became normal. It was it was normalized. So now you don't need a chain. You can just use a rope. And so you don't even have the rope here anymore. This is this is a forgotten place because here in South Central, in Southern California, this is where people exist. They don't live enough. And when it changes, it gets worse. It doesn't get any better. It well, gets so well, I can tell you this. Hold on to yeah. There are a lot of success stories that, that come out Absolutely. of South Central. Absolutely. You know, but the reason the reason I'm bringing up as far as even even with as far as this month being um, Black Business Month, um, it, it's the black culture. It basically it's like the it's like the canary in the coal mine. And so you can basically kind of gauge the, the gases or gauge what's going on just based on looking at the black community. And so when you look at the numbers, just based on wealth, just just based on the, the you know, uh, income, black people, that community, our community is the poorest. Yes. That poor is the poorest se- segment uh, in the United States. And so for me, it goes back to a triage. And so if I'm on an aircraft carrier and, there, you know, and, and, a, and a plane blew up and, you know, and a bomb blew up. And now you're dealing with the aftermath. There's a triage, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and provide provide first aid on a person that has a couple of scrapes on his on his arm. I have to go to the person that just got their leg blown off, and so now I have to apply a tourniquet, and I have to get them get that person and focus again with intent on getting them to surgery because they could bleed out. So when we when for me when I'm talking about the black community again I'm using that triage mentality because. Black people are the poor, that group are the poorest uh, uh, people in the United States. And the thing is, it, there's a reason for it. So what I would like to do, Colette, I, I'm going to bring you back on because, again, okay. I'd like to continue this, this conversation. Uh, I know Paul has his opinions and he'd like to add you know, certain things, but we're, we're kind of running out of time today. But I, I promise you. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation because we didn't get into a lot of solutions. We talked about the problems and, and you know, some of the circumstances, but we didn't get into the, the solutions. So the next the next show, we're going to get we're going to gear it more towards solutions. OK, that's fine. Perfect. I'd love to do that. Outstanding. So thank you for being here. And again, um, if you want to reach out and you want to comment on this show, what I need you to do is go to uh, closing the wealth gap dot net. Or go to TyroneFrench.coach. Uh, but I'd also like for you to, I got a free app, a free mobile app. It's like having my entire business in the palm of your hand. All you have to do is text Tyrone French at 36260. That's text Tyrone French at 36260. And you'll have this information at the palm of of your hands. As a matter of fact, there's a button on there that all you have to do is push that button and you're at you're at this uh you're at this particular podcast. So again, uh, Colette Williams, thank you for being here. 
Um, Paul, thank you for your input. Powerful discussion. You know, it, it, it kind of depressing discussion because <laughs> yes. I think it really makes me wonder what the solution is. I'd be really curious to hear. Is it is it more outside help? Is it more triage? Or is it more something got to change within all of these communities? It's people Internal. wake up and say, it's time for us to take control. And, but of for me, at the, again, it's not it's not a solution that's going to that's going to generate from the outside in. It's a solution. That, it's a solution that has to generate from the inside out. Right. That's right. That's right. absolutely right. It has to come from within. Yes. It has to. Okay. Well, I look forward to the next conversation here. To, um, uh, let's take take us out. Give us the give us the final thought for today. Here, you gave us how to get in touch with you. Well, again, final thought is just with is there show, hope? You gotta there, look, you, there's absolutely good. There's hope. <laughs> I gotta believe there's hope. There's hope. There's always hope. There is always hope. There's always hope, and there's always faith. There just you go. Trust. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I trust you're going to bring it to us here. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. That's our show for this week. Closing the wealth gap. The one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in North County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.